Good morning, Renovation Church. My name is Doreen Maisie, and I'm here with my kids to read the scriptures with you today. We'll be reading from Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11, the triumphal entry. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus said to the disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a, be of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and they sat on them. Most of them, most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and the others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from the Nazareth of Galilee. This ends the reading of God's word. Good morning, Renovation Church. My name is Michael Maisie. We continue in that series, Good News from the Psalms. I want you to grab your Bibles with me this morning and open up to Psalm chapter 84. Psalm 84, Good News in the Psalms. Before we dive into reading the passage, I want to ask you three simple questions this morning. The first question is this. If you could be any place you wanted to be right now, where would that be? It's funny, I asked my kids this question uh, earlier on in the week, and you'll never believe the answer that they gave me. They said school. My kids said they would rather be in school than any other place in the world. Can you believe that? Crazy. Of course, they want to be there not just for the work uh, or, or all the responsibilities. They don't want to get out of bed in the morning early for sure. But man, they really miss their friends. They miss their teachers. They miss the people that are so meaningful to them. They wanted to be at school. It's just wild to me. It's interesting what nobody said, uh, which you might have heard a couple months ago. It's such a fast-paced society. You might have heard somebody say, I want to be home. Nobody in this homebound day is wanting to be home. Now understand, we do want to be home because we do want to love our neighbor. We do want to be faithful to the governing authorities and their directives to stay home, to save lives, and to flatten the curve. But man, if we had any choice given all those factors, we would probably be somewhere else. Where would that be for you in this time? If you could be any place, where would you be? Second question I want to ask you is this, where are you finding strength for the journey that we're on? Right? This has a unique exhaustion, this, this particular season that we're in, doesn't it? 
I mean, I think I've heard a number of people uh, share that they were glad that they were getting more sleep than they've had for years. So we're getting sleep, and yet there's a unique exhaustion that's come with this season. So I want to ask you the question, where are you finding strength in this time? The third question is this, in what are you trusting? And when I ask the question, in what are you trusting, I'm asking, on what do you depend? What are you relying on right now in this season? These things may seem like random questions, but are actually questions that the sons of Korah, the authors of this psalm that we're looking at, address head on. They talk about a place that they'd rather be more than any other place. They talk about a strength that can be found in only one place. And they also talk about this person that they trust more than anything else. Where are you in the answers to these questions? Where do you want to be? Where do you find strength? And in whom do you trust in this interesting, unique, unprecedented time known as the coronavirus era? Let's turn our attention to Psalm 84 and listen to the words that they Share with us and speak to us. Verse 1 of Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praises. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. This is the word of God. And all God's people said, and I trust you say it at home. Amen. Let's say a quick prayer together. Father, as we hear these words, I pray that your spirit would speak to us. I pray that we would be attentive, that you would do your work as the the preached word goes forth. Encourage us, God. Give us joy and satisfaction. Do a work that only you can do in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. You see right from the beginning in this psalm, that the the sons of Korah are telling us exactly where they want to be. They're crystal clear, with very intense language that in many ways communicates the whole of who they are. They say this, 
How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. They're praising God. They're saying, your dwelling place is lovely, O Lord. They say, my soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. There's a longing. There's a fainting. There's a yearning. There's an intense desire. And it's all of them. My heart and my flesh. Everything about me. The totality of who I am longs for you, for the joy of the living God. What's going on here is that this longing and fainting, this intense language, really communicating all that they are, they're saying, man, the place I want to be more than anywhere else is in the temple. Meaning, I want to be in the presence of my God. More specifically, I would love more than anything else, the sons of Korah say, to be in God's presence with God's people, worshiping him. That's the one place that they want to be. And and really, that's where they are. They're the doorkeepers of the temple. They're basically saying, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else than where I am. I'm here at the door, uh, uh, doorkeeping the temple, enjoying the presence of God, anticipating the time where the people of God come together to worship him. That's the place I want to be more than anywhere else. What an interesting thing for us to consider as here we are, separate from the worship of God in the presence of his people. We're not together, right? We're, we're, we're now bound to our homes. We're only uh, uh, able to really hear these things and, and consider these things together virtually through this uh, technology that we have. But there's something unique that this technology can't give us. There's something unique that we long for and yearn for, and that's to be in the presence of God with his people, worshiping him. That's what the sons of Korah want. And I wonder if that's you this morning. That while we, yes, are able to take advantage of these things and read the word and preach the word and encourage you this morning, I wonder if you join with the sons of Korah and you long to be in God's presence with God's people, worshiping him, praying and singing and, 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 and being together and hearing the preached word, participating at the Lord's table. You see, the sons of Korah know this God. They, under, they know who he is. They've enjoyed him, and that's why they continue to long for him, yearn for him, that there's no place they'd rather be is there. And if that's you here this morning, then you know, you know this God. And in your heart of hearts, in the deepest part of who you are, there's no place you'd rather be than in his presence, worshiping him with his people. That's their longing. And so as they serve, and as they, they, as they serve and keep the doors of the temple, they, they long for this. They enjoy this. They yearn for it. And the text says that they also observe that not only they are the ones that find rest and hope and joy in the presence of God, but also creation does. They go on to say, even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. The sons of Korah are observing. They're looking up with their eyes, and they see the birds finding a home 
in the temple courts. They're a, a nest for their young. The, the sons of Korah mentioned the sparrow, which is a symbol in Scripture of worthlessness for whatever reason. And also the, the swallow is a symbol of restlessness. What an amazing picture for us. Yes, we see uh, the worshipers there, and then we see all of creation finding a home, but the kind of birds that he mentions are symbols of worthlessness and, and restlessness. What an amazing picture for us, that those who feel a sense of, uh, 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 who feel a sense of worthlessness and, and, and are restless find their worth and their rest near to God. It's interesting for us in our day and age because we look for worth and rest in so many other things. We look to our successes for rest and worth. We look to our accomplishments. We turn to entertainment for rest. We turn to laziness for rest. Right? We, we turn to money and the accumulation of things. We place our worth and our rest in so many other things. But what the psalmist is saying is that, the, that worth and rest is found in being near into the presence of the living God. The closer you are to God, the more you live in the awareness of his presence, the more you experience his nearness, and that's where you find your worth. That's where you find your true rest. He gives us this blessing. He says, blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. He's saying, what a blessing it is to be with God's people, worshiping him in his presence. That's a blessing unlike any other. It's a blessing that we know as the people of God. But maybe you don't know that this morning. Maybe you've never heard about this God that is a blessing with his presence. Maybe God feels so far from you, so far removed from your situation in your life. A God that you can't know and a God that doesn't care. But the reality is the sons of Korah point a light, shed a light on our darkened understanding that there is a God. There is a God who, whose presence is a unique blessing that he gives to his people. Blessing is found in being with God's people, worshiping him in his presence. That's what the sons of Korah are saying. So we ask the simple question, if there's any place that you want to be in the world, where do you want to be? The sons of Korah point to the best possible place in the presence of the God that they worship, sharing that with the people they are most closely knit to, the very people of God. And as we long and yearn for the day that we can return, let us take joy in the fact that our God is present with us even now. He's with us in our hearts. He's with us in our homes. The Lord said he would never leave us or forsake us. It's the presence of God that is the blessing that the sons of Korah point us to. But the second question that they address, and I asked earlier, was not just if there's one place you want to be, where would it be? The second question is this, where do we find strength for this journey? 
Where do we find strength in the midst of this unique exhaustion that we are experiencing now? Strength is a relevant need. As we take day by day, what was only a week feels like a month, and this season feels so arduous and long. We wonder, are we ever going to make it? So where do we find strength? Well, he gives us a second blessing right away. He said, blessing, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. The sons of Korah don't just rejoice in the fact that they're near to the courts. They're also pointing out the fact that there are many people who are not there. There are people that lived all around Israel that at appointed times and seasons would journey to Jerusalem for appointed feasts and festivals where they would worship God together. They would literally journey there. They would travel. And you can imagine on a journey, there are different types of terrain. There are dangers. There are mountain peaks. There are valleys. There are certain places that are harder than others. And what the psalmist, the sons of Korah, are telling us is that, that, first of all, there is strength in the Lord on the journey. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. So these, this is a song for a pilgrim. And you see this mentioning of this particular place called the Valley of Baca. Baca just means weeping. And so as these pilgrims are journeying to the temple, they're going through a place called the Valley of Baca. They're going through a place that is referred to as a place of weeping, a dry place, an arid place, a place of weeping, a place of despair, a a place of of, uh, uh, intense, scorching heat. And so as they go through this place, what do we see? That as they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of uh, springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. How can they experience such strength in the midst of such difficulty and exhaustion? It's because of where their strength comes from. It's because of the anticipation they have that one day they will appear before God in Zion that the Lord will strengthen them and the Lord will sustain them even in the midst of the valley of Baca because anticipation that there's light at the end of the tunnel, that we will find an end in sight is a strengthening reality. Hope propels us to take another step when we see light at the end of the tunnel. We're in the midst of a, a journey ourselves as a family, more specifically, my wife, as she has been working so diligently on her doctoral dissertation. She's just about done. And it's been amazing to watch her where she could fizzle out toward the end, especially in what I'm calling the Valley of Baca for her. That is, she's in this season of editing, 
uh, fine-tooth combing all the revisions, formatting, dealing with the weirdness of Microsoft Word and Google Drive. She's in the midst of all this annoying work, and she could easily just get exhausted and give up. But I've seen the exact opposite, opposite in her. I've seen that in the midst of this journey, she's getting stronger and more focused because she knows that Thursday, April 9th, is the day that she submits it to her uh, team, her doctoral uh, team, oversight team. Because that's what, that's what happens when there's anticipation of the end of the journey, when we know that it's going to come to an end, when we have hope to come before our God, we are able to receive strength from him, to take another step. Even in the midst of a desert, it can feel like an oasis. And in the midst of this COVID-19 worldwide epidemic, in the midst of this difficulty, we, we don't minimize it and say that this difficulty is an oasis to enjoy. No, not, not in one way or another. We would never say that. But we do know that in the midst of this particular time, that God is the source of our strength. He's sustaining us. He's getting us through. No matter how long it takes, he's committed to us making it to Zion. He's committed to bringing us before him that we might worship him in his presence. And that is an ultimate destiny that we have. We have the hope in the midst of our earthly journey that day by day, step by step, in the midst of our valley of weeping, in the midst of our sorrows and suffering, in the midst of the death that is currently occurring in epic proportions in the world, one of the world's biggest cities, New York, we can know without a shadow of a doubt that for the people of God, they find their strength in him. They find their sustaining power in God himself, and he will indeed bring us through this journey. What a hope we have, and therefore we have a strength in God. What a blessing it is to receive strength from God in the midst of our journey. Powerful, good news we indeed have in the Psalms. The last question we had was this. In whom do we trust? Can we guess the answer at this point? In whom do we trust? We, we get the, 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 we're starting to get it, what the sons of Korah are saying to us. In their time and in ours, we're starting to see it. What's the answer? In whom do we trust? They tell us. They trust in the Lord. They go on to compare, uh, really contrast, one day in the presence of God with a thousand days anywhere else. They begin to compare and contrast the value they see in being a doorkeeper in the house of God versus living and dwelling and receiving all the blessings of a family member in the house of wickedness. They're basically saying, when I consider the value, when I consider the worth of God, his presence, his nature, knowing him and enjoying him and being in a relationship to him, when I consider that, I would rather have a taste of God than a feast of anything this world would ever give me. I would rather have an ounce of God compared to a ton of of anything this world could offer me. It's just better. It's just better. God is infinitely better. God is infinitely more enjoyable. 
And so he trusts in him. He entrusts himself to it. I'll take any of God compared to all the world has to offer. It's like the song that we often sing. Take the world and give me Jesus. That's what the sons of Korah are pointing us to. That's the blessing that they see. And you wonder why. Why would the psalmist say that he'd rather spend one day in the courts of the Lord than a thousand elsewhere? Why would he rather stand in the doorway of his God than be anywhere else? So we see the value of the place is is that they point us to a person. The, The sons of Korah aren't talking about a place. I mean, they are. Please don't mishear me. But really, when they're talking about a place... They're talking about a person. And so they point us to this person. It's the nature of the God that they worship. Really, it's the nature of the God that we worship together. Look at what they say. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. That means the Lord is the one and only provider. The Lord God is the one and only protector. We see all these masks and shields being uh, uh, sold and made, and all over the world we're looking for these things for our medical workers, and rightly so. We see them at the grocery stores now, uh, by by the conveyor belt thing that we put our groceries on. There's shields of protection all around us to keep us from getting this particular virus and spreading it. But what he's saying is, while those things are good and we should be doing them, but ultimately, it is the Lord that is our shield. The Lord that protects us from that which would bring us harm. It's the Lord. That's why they want to be in the temple. Just a taste, just just one ounce, one day near God because of who he is. He's the provider. He's the protector. The Lord is the source of grace. It's the Lord that bestows favor and honor. And I love this one. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Don't miss that this morning, O follower of Jesus Christ. O people of God, don't miss that. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. What an amazing promise for us. No good thing does he withhold. That's the nature of God. I don't know what your view of God is. I'm not sure how you picture him, but he's generous. He's gracious. All that he is, he desires and has shared with his people. What a joy and blessing it is to know that he shares all good things. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. To put it even more poignant, he doesn't even withhold his own son. That's the gospel. God gave us his son. He shared that which was most precious to him with us. He sent his son into the world to live a perfect sinless life on our behalf, to die a death for our sins that we might come to know, enjoy, and worship rightly this God, that we might be forgiven of all of our sins. How did that happen? How did he secure that? He gave his son to us. And as we embrace his son, he doesn't stop giving. 
gives us his Holy Spirit to now live inside of each and every one of us. That's the gospel. And the powerful thing that we come face to face with is this, that we are no longer a people that journey to the temple from all over the world to one place to enjoy the presence of God. No, because of our faith and trust in Jesus, the very Spirit of God lives inside of us. And we, as the people of God, are his temple. Even the Christian can claim to be the temple of the Holy Spirit in whom God dwells. So no matter where you are, God is with you. God is in you. He is present with you. That is something that you can only know and embrace because you know and embrace Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. You know that he is the greatest gift, the greatest good thing that God the Father did not withhold from his people. What a joy we have in our God. So as we're faithful during this time, as we endure, we can rest assured that no good thing will he withhold from us. And I want to make this particular point, because this doesn't necessarily mean that everything will go right for us, that we won't face adversity, that we won't even become infected by the virus, that we won't spread it to our loved ones. This is no guarantee that life will be perfect. That's not what this means. You know what? When we come to know the love and the grace of our God, we come to understand this, that he loves us so much that he won't even withhold the adversity and the discipline that we need in order to truly enjoy all of his gracious promises to us in Jesus Christ. He won't even withhold the adversity if he so chooses to give it. I can't help but think of my grandmother who five years ago in this very room suffered a very intense heart attack and endured hours upon hours of surgery and it's a miracle of God that she's still alive. And I wonder why is she still alive as she asked that same question. It's amazing that she's still with us. And as she talks to me in a raspy voice behind oftentimes the oxygen that she has to wear, she looks at me with tears in her eyes and frustration and admitting that sometimes she just gets mad and frustrated and has a bad attitude about it. But she looks at me and she says this, I wouldn't change a thing about what I've been through because I've learned so much. I've, 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 I've been a partaker of grace in a new way that I never would have known if I had not gone through all of this adversity. I would have not been able to sympathize with the struggles and sicknesses and sorrows of other people to the degree that I'm able. You see, that's the wonderful truth about the Christian life. Even in the valley of Baca, even in the, even in the valley of weeping, even in the midst of the adversity, the Lord is allowing us to endure this and he will not withhold any good thing from us. He has a perfect plan in a perfect way, and it's all working together for our good. And it's all because of Christ. That's the blessing we have. And that's why he concludes decisively, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. This psalm is all about God. It's a God-saturated Psalm. It's a joyful, delightful, bright psalm. 
that points us all to the place of infinite joy and satisfaction, that tells us if there's any place we want to be, it's near Him, that tells us that there's a blessing that comes from receiving strength from Him, that there's a blessing of just simply trusting Him to meet every single need that we have. There's no blessing like the blessing of simply trusting our God in the midst of every need we have, in the midst of every step of adversity that we face. We understand that relying upon him, turning away from ourselves and running into the arms of God, that's what blessing is. To know him this way, to have relationship with him through Jesus Christ our Lord, that's blessing, that's joy, nothing else. With everything else stripped away from us, this points us to a blessing that can never be taken away. The simple joys of knowing and trusting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Is that you today? In all that we've lost, in all the anxieties and the questions of our mind, do we simply have the blessing and joy of knowing and trusting Jesus today? Maybe you see that as so superficial and sentimental. But if you know God and you trust God, it's very real and it's deep and it lasts. There's no joy like the joy of knowing God. The three questions we asked, if there's any place you'd rather be, where would it be? And where are you finding strength for the journey? And what do you trust what are you depending on? Those are the three questions we ask. And if you've noticed, we've come to one climactic answer. And the sons of Korah really give us this. And we might miss it. They point the way to the most blessed place. And really, as we look at these blessings, we see such a unity in them. In a simple phrase, in you. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Blessed is the one whose strength is in you. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. The, the real blessing is a person. Yes, there is a blesser, the one who gives us this provision and protection, this joy and satisfaction, this strength. Yes, there are specific blessings that he gives us. But understand this, that the blesser is giving us himself. That there's unity in this. It's really about a relationship that we have with God. That God is calling us to himself. And God, by his grace, is giving himself to us. As we've emphasized before, Jesus says, abide in me and I will abide in you. That there's relationship here. Where we live in him and he lives in us. And that blessing is really found in that place, in that person. So if you're looking for some uh, uh, blessing, look no further than the person of God. Look to Him. Trust in Him. And that is the wonderful news of the gospel, that God is giving us Himself. God is the blesser, and God is the blessing. And that's why we long for Him. That's why we, we seek Him for worship. That's why we miss being together. That's why we continue to journey toward him and anticipate coming face to face with him in his presence now and ultimately standing before him one day in his glory in the kingdom of heaven. And that's why we trust him. Because we know he's the blessing. And the simple truth of knowing and, and, and trusting in him is good for us. 
even in the midst of this moment, even in this time, even in this crisis. So as you appropriately weep with others, as you weep for others, in the coming days, as our authorities are telling us that the most difficult days are the next week or two, that the curve will be at the top, that infections and deaths will come in the midst of this, in the midst of this crisis, as we weep for people, as we weep with people, please rejoice in the Lord. Yes, long for him. Pursue him. Such a paradox that we live in, right? Such a paradoxical moment. There is realism that brings us to tears, and yet there is optimism and hope that brings us to yearn and long and faint and sing for joy to the Lord. Such a paradox. The already not yet reality of the Christian life. We live in this age, which is characterized by difficulty, adversity, sin, and weeping. But we also cling to an age that is yet to come of joy and delight in the knowledge and presence of our God. So long for him. Look to him. Rest in him. Find your strength in him every step of the journey. And above all, trust in him. Trust in the blesser. Trust in his love, in his care, in his will to be your blessing. What a blessing it is to simply know and trust in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, you indeed are our hope. You are our joy. You are our blessing. God, in the midst of these days, we pray that you would be merciful to our world, that you would protect our world, that you would bring about restoration in our world. We pray that you would bring peace to our world. And we pray all these things for the people that are listening, the members and people of Renovation Church. Oh God, be gracious to them, be their joy, be their strength, and be the one in whom they trust. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.